Are you ready to annihilate a few awful adages? That's all coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Well, hello, everyone. This is Kelly. A warm welcome to you. I hope this episode, which is number 32 now, finds you doing well. And as I record this, we're getting some awesome August weather here in Ottawa, which means a lot of outdoor stuff. And this has been a particularly busy week, at least on my end. And this follows, I guess, a a bit of a less active vacation I took at the cottage a few weeks back. So I think I might have uh, overcompensated for being a little less active than I normally am because this week I was very lucky to be a VIP runner with a run club um, with Evolve Fitness here in Ottawa. So I went out on Saturday, last Saturday, and I had a 10K run with that group, which was just fantastic. I got to know their members and uh, some of their interests and what they're working towards. And a lot of them in this particular run group are getting ready for what would be one of the bigger race events here in Ottawa, road race events called the Army Run. So a lot of them were working towards either doing the 10K or the half marathon for that weekend. But I also, on the Saturday night, I got up to a bit of a hike, a sunset hike with a uh, local gym called Epic Fitness. And that was a lot of fun. It rained on us a little bit, but it was awesome. And we put on our headlamps and walked around the woods for a while which is really, these days for me at least, a Saturday well spent. And of course, there's the other things that I typically get up to, which uh, includes the Arboretum Hill Club, where we basically uh, do half an hour workout, a variety of different body weight exercises. We run some hills. My dogs run around like lunatics. It's their favorite day of the week. And then on uh, Wednesday, I took the kid to November Project, and we ran some stairs in the stadium. In fact... It was uh, Clara's very first full section of the stadium. So she's a little small, but she's uh, wanting to uh, be like all the uh, the adults and uh, run up the stairs. And so she did that this week and it was really cool. And on top of that, there's a lot of other things going on this time of year because the weather's great. So I've been pretty cognizant of the weather this week because I happened to guest on two podcasts based out of Australia called the Energetic Education Podcast, and the Weekly Euphoria Podcast. I'll link to both of them in the show notes so you can check them out if you're interested. But their seasons out in Australia are opposite to North America. So while we're having this great weather, uh, this warm weather, it's cool down there, and particularly in Melbourne. Now, I love the fall. I love it when it starts to cool off at least a little bit. It's my favorite time of the year to either run or ride or to walk my dogs in the woods. I just love the smells. I love the temperatures. You know, there's also very few bugs. So I'm not going to be mourning the summer at all, but I know a lot of you do. And exercise sort of slows down because, you know, as the seasons change, the temperatures get a little crazier, maybe a little wetter, a little colder. And all of those things you used to do outside don't seem as attractive. And that's completely normal. If that's the case for you, I'd, I'd say maybe challenge yourself as fall is starting to dig in or about to dig in to find something new that you can do as the season changes that might be something to keep you motivated as we are heading, you know, getting closer to the winter. Boy, did I just say the word winter? Why did I do that? Yes, winter. 
<laughs> I can't believe I brought up winter. Anyhow, it's August. It's August. And maybe I brought up winter because if you recall, I bought a fat bike back in the spring and I've definitely been riding it this summer, but I bought it primarily for winter riding in my local trail system. So fat biking had been on my radar for several years. And, you know, I have to say, I might actually be a little excited when the first snowfall hits this year. That's why I'm, I guess I'm, I'm bringing up winter here in August. So maybe adding something new to your repertoire could help you keep some of that summer momentum going. And I'm not saying you got to go out, go out and get a fat bike, but maybe this is the year you look ahead a little bit and say, okay, what do I, what am I curious about? What have I been curious about that I can kind of bring into my routine as the, uh, the year starts winding down? Cause we are on the back half of the year. And maybe that's something that will keep you going a little bit more in the winter and, and keep you, uh, motivated. Anyhow, other than that, other than me making you focus on winter for some crazy reason, how was your week? Did you go through the fitness motions or create some cool moments? And when I ask that question or I ask a question like that, it always reminds me of a performance psychologist and a mentor of mine, Dr. Terry Orlick, who designed mental skills development activities for elementary school children. He also worked with high-level athletes, Olympic-level athletes. And so he was a professor of mine way back in the day. And I actually used to teach his program, his mental skills program for kids when I was a younger buck. Actually, one of my favorite mental training assignments occurred in a grade two classroom using his stuff. And I had so many stories from that. And maybe I'll do a show on the lessons I learned from that time. I think that'd actually be pretty interesting. Anyhow, Terry Orlick has this great book called Feeling Great and In it, he's got this activity called Happy Highlights. And the idea is to encourage positive self-reflection by pulling out the highlight of the day or the weekend or whatever. And sometimes the simplest ideas are the most powerful, right? And writing down these little highlights, stashing them in a jar or whatever, and then pulling them out later can be a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun doing this with six and seven-year-olds, that's for sure. And when I did this in the grade two classroom, they'd uh, always look forward to writing their highlight on a piece of paper. And it might've been just a single word because, you know, we're at a different stage of writing when we're six and seven than we are when we're older. Um, But they would write their highlight on a piece of paper. They'd toss them in a jar. And what I do is I'd pull out a bunch to read to the class. I'd read some at the start of class and at the end. And they all look forward to it. They're kind of hoping that theirs would get pulled. You know, they're pretty cute. And I actually kept some of the best ones for a very, very long time. And we're talking a long time ago. This happened a long time ago. But I had a stash of them for a very long time because they offered some really fun memories. And and some of them were pretty adorable. I loved this one kid. And one for whatever reason, this one always stuck out. But the uh, this one boy, the highlight of his weekend was when he got to drink a root beer. <laughs> and that was the, that was the whole weekend for that kid it was like, yep got to drink some root beer. That was the highlight. And anyway, I guess I'm sort of asking you indirectly and now directly to pull out a fitness highlight from the last week. Is there a moment that comes to mind where you thought that, you know, was really cool or you felt really good about, uh, or that made you laugh, something to do with exercising or or physical activity and, and something to do with your routine. So what was your, what would you, what would be your highlight in the last seven days or so. That's really what I'm asking you. Now, related to that, I had the wonderful privilege to interview Terry Orlick's daughter, 
Julia for an episode that's dropping two weeks from now. I think episode 34. And Julia's a meditation instructor, and I just felt she'd be the ideal person to teach us a little more about the power of meditation and how to start building that into your fitness journey, which I personally value quite highly. So look out for that interview, which again is going to be in a couple of weeks, episode 34. Now, what about today? This episode is not about pulling happy highlights. It's a little bit of the opposite, actually, but I'll tie all of these things together at the end. But this episode is really about annihilating some adages, at least symbolically annihilating them. You know, the, the popular fitness phrases that are kicking around the internet these days, the ones that are, well, at least in my opinion, as we'll get to in a second, but in my opinion, are really unhelpful in the grander scheme of things. So I guess this episode is about torching some of these less happier highlights of my research on the, the fitness maxims that circulate the internet and, you know, social media in particular. And I sometimes wonder if social media would ever survive without these adages or these so-called quote-unquote motivational phrases that are all out there. And I've pulled out a handful I personally find particularly awful. And the purpose of all of this is really to make the point that fitness culture is in part fabricated by such quotes or phrases. And there's, of course, all the body imagery too that we come across, but there are ideas and attitudes, beliefs that come with these phrases, many of them completely antithetical to a long-term enjoyable relationship with physical activity that yields a lot of the psychological and physical benefits. But if we're aware of these adages, these phrases, and if we can even laugh at the absurdity of some of these phrases, which is one of my favorite strategies, if you've been listening to the show up to this point, then maybe we can deflect their negative energy a little bit. But in general, culture plays a super strong role in how we think about fitness and how we think about our bodies and our attitudes towards physical activity in general. And our mindset is subsequently strongly influenced by what we come across on social media or on magazine covers and whatnot. Because of that, it's worth calling out some of this stuff and lighting up some of these horrid beliefs out there. Okay, so I've got a list of seven of my favorites, which is, you know, it's the wrong word. They're, I guess they're my favorites for the wrong reasons. Anyway, I collected them from some pretty extensive analysis of sayings and phrases or um, I guess, you know, the so-called rules that you'll find online circulating on any given day. And I have to say, I think these phrases really are a big part of the lifeblood of today's fitness culture. We, we read them, we think about them, sometimes we internalize them. And so they, they, they kind of, this is how fitness culture lives, or at least this is one element of the lifeblood of today's fitness culture. And if these adages continue to get spread, which in all likelihood they will, the same mindset that these adages underpin will continue to be popular. And this is a mindset that, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, this is a mindset that does not lead to a sustained, positive, healthy relationship with physical activity in our bodies. So what this also means though, is that because these phrases are so common in today's fitness culture, this mindset is the default setting. This is where we all tend to start or people who are kind of entering into the fitness game for the first time. This is the starting point. This is what we get exposed to. These are the types of phrases that create the behavior norms. They 
they lead us down a certain collection of methods, fitness methods that, as I've said over and over again, link to our motivation. So the methods we take to get and stay active, how we perform physical activity matters to our motivation going forward. And you'll see by some of these adages how clear that link can actually be. And in general, this all of this sort of hurts sustainability, which is my angle with everything is like, does this work over the long term? Because again, if you're really motivated by the health benefits of physical activity, you got to be able to stick to it, don't you, to get those health benefits. You can't just work at it for a couple of weeks and expect that, you know, you're going to reap the rewards of good health. Good health is really tied to being active over time, right? So it's important to keep casting light on this popular mindset. Otherwise, it can be really easy to drift back into unsuccessful ways. Okay, so here's the list I was talking about. And I'm not going to expound on them as I present them. I just want you to listen to them. Some of them you might have heard before, but just listen to them and just pay attention to your reaction when you hear them. Number one, pain is weakness leaving the body. Number two, train insane or remain the same. Number three, suck it up now or suck it in later. Number four, choose the gym floor or the hospital floor. Number five, nothing tastes as good as fit feels. Number six, be covered in sweat at the gym or clothes at the beach. And number seven, which is my personal favorite, cowards never start, the weak never finish, and winners never quit. And I want to point out a couple of things about this list, you know, about many of these types of adages. Often, they frame fitness as a false choice or a series of false choices, as if you can't change unless you train insane or there's no gain without pain, right? That sort of thing. And this dichotomizing is what makes many of these phrases so punchy, right? They're easy to understand and everything's simple and we like simple, but fitness is not a simple journey. And never mind, most of these phrases are complete bullshit. They're not backed by facts. You can have gains without pain. You can change without training insane. You can go through the whole list. But I think in ways they stick with us because we're so used to punishing ourselves or making exercise an act of self-punishment, or at least that's the the bill of goods we've been sold, that it just makes sense to us to dive into or engage with this type of rhetoric and, and collect these phrases to continue the war we're waging against our bodies or the war that's happening in our heads, which is why, you know, ultimately here, I love the research being done in the field of self-compassion. It is a great balance for this type of language, these types of adages. I mean, if self-compassion can be described as talking to yourself as if you're talking to your best friend, then self-compassion is clearly lacking in today's fitness culture. These phrases on the list that I just read off to you are excellent examples of that. And the toxicity of these sayings really lies in how they take a swipe at our identity or make fitness this moralistic enterprise where poor adherence, being unable to stick to it, is a character flaw. It's a failure to be a legitimate exerciser, that you're less of a person if you can't keep a routine going for long. And if you want to deep dive a little bit more into self-compassion, 
I published an episode with Shailen Strachan and Laura Mead, two researchers in this area, a couple episodes back. So check in on that because that interview had a lot of gems related to how we can better insulate ourselves from such threats, let's just say, such threats to our identity and uh, how to protect ourselves from, you know, feeling shame about our behavior. And this is an important side of things because shame and guilt has been a big part of today's fitness culture. And I'd almost argue that it's not a bug of today's fitness culture. It's a feature because when we're in those states, when we're feeling awful about ourselves, that's when we are really good consumers. That's when we reach for our wallets and we try and spend our way to some degree out of, you know, the, 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 the rough times that we're in. We, we reach for that gym membership. We, we buy new equipment. I mean, we've all bought equipment that we don't use, you know, usually in a point at a point where we're not feeling very good about ourselves. I've been there before too. You know, and in the end, if we look back at the list, you'd be hard pressed to find a saying that's at all positive, a phrase that doesn't poke at our pain or use guilt or shame to motivate you. Maybe even fear, right? The fear of becoming unhealthy as a driver to get us to be active. And I want to insert something really small here. And I think it was Laura Mead who who talked about this in the episode on self-compassion, but sometimes guilt and shame can motivate us to you know, become active. It can kind of trigger us to get back into the game. But without, again, I've said this before, but without being able to find or create resonating experiences while you're playing the game, the likelihood is you'll return to that very same starting point eventually. And the shame and the, the guilt, that cycle will continue. And this all comes back to, at least to me, to this mindset that we're all collectively up against because it's part and parcel of today's fitness culture. You know, right now, fitness has devolved, in my opinion, into a choice between painstaking, unenjoyable discipline or the psychological pain of failure. That's what fitness has devolved into over decades and decades. It's that whole pain pendulum I talk about in the very first episode of Happily Ever Active, number one, episode number one. As for right now, let's take these seven phrases and do this. That's me crumpling paper and throwing it in the trash. This is, by the way, the show's official annihilation protocol, crumpling. So those are my seven in the trash right now. Which adages out there would go on your list? Which adages stick in your craw, so to speak? Is there one that really burns you to the core, that drives you crazy? Those of you who are active on Instagram, feel free to tag me, kelly.dell, D-O-E-L-L, or the show, at Happily Ever Active Show, if you come across an adage that you find personally especially brutal, and I'll share it on my Instagram stories, and if it's a new one, I'll add it to my collection, and maybe it rears its head in a future show. And so, ultimately, where is this adage annihilation taking us. Here's the final message. Here's the takeaway today. If you've been listening to the show, you know how much I emphasize the impact culture has on a fitness journey. Some of these adages show up in our self-talk amazingly. They infiltrate our beliefs about exercising. They form or influence our attitudes towards our bodies. And they can really make us feel awful about ourselves or our recent behavior, and some are really trying to dictate the so-called 
rules of an active life. You know, you've, you've seen them before, like, you know, never miss a Monday as if missing a Monday is something you should feel guilty or ashamed about. But the message really is this. If you don't have a sense of your own rules or have a, a, a set of principles that you follow in your fitness journey, it can be so easy to be triggered by this stuff and never mind triggered, but really influenced by it and, and have your behavior, the methods you take to get and stay active, be influenced by them as well. So I want to tell you today that maybe it's time to think about whether you are truly playing your game or someone else's where you're trying to follow the so-called rules that in the end really don't feel like your own, that lead you to choosing activities you don't really like, doing them in unlikable ways, or even doing them with unlikable people, which is also very possible. Because if you can make your fitness stand for something, something that reflects who you are as a unique human being, which you are, it will be much harder for such inflammatory nonsense, these adages, these sayings, to ever knock you down. With that, I wish you a terrific week ahead. Subscribe to continue to get content on the mental side of active living, including such cultural analyses like the one today. And why not share the podcast with someone who you think would really like it? Thanks for checking in. And of course, until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. 